welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. And, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt. You can find us on Twitter as well at HorizonRT. Follow us on the website at HorizonRoundtable.com. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And, Matt, you know, I was thinking uh, before we started recording, about a little less than two years ago, we a little less than two years ago, this was during Horizon League tournament time, uh, mo- the last throws of Motor City Madness, where Jimmy and I were still co- hosting, but there was one episode where Jimmy and I weren't hosting because we weren't allowed. And we weren't allowed because, <clears throat> because Cleveland State... And because of the format, but because of the top eight format, Cleveland State and Milwaukee were at the bottom two of the standings and could not participate in the tournament. So, and we had declared that if not, if neither Cleveland State, if, if neither of our schools did not make it to the tournament, we would not host the podcast the week before the tournament. Which is why you, at, at, I believe it was you and you and Carrick took over for us because. Neither of our teams made it. Sounds what about right. What a difference. Yeah. So imagine. So it, it's. I bring that up because as I look at the at the standings today, the two teams at the top of the standings at the moment are Cleveland State and Milwaukee. Are you telling me no, Jimmy's coming I, back on? Uh, no. Oh, I got excited. I thought I, I was done. I probably should have asked, but, you know, I didn't. Sorry, There's Jimmy. a chance that Jimmy doesn't even know Milwaukee's playing right now, let alone playing well. <laughs> busy guy. He's a busy guy. What do you want? Hi, Jimmy, if um, you're listening. <laughs> um, but, yes, so uh, so as of right now, yes, so Wright State, the team that has picked the preseason pick for uh, to win the Horizon League is in third place right now because they lo- they, they were upset by – Youngstown State, and then the next day, to, you know, yesterday, you know, the you know, Saturday, they took revenge on Youngstown State something fierce. I mean, they almost dropped forty a forty point lead on them. Wow. A forty point I'm, lead? You mean like a run that Cleveland State had put on them once this year? It was, you know what? And that was recent memory. That was what December. Look, I just I just gotta I, take any shot at Cleveland State I can while I can because the rest of this is just gonna be. Uh, I'm glad, actually I am Cleveland State bo- bootlicking. Because that, that was a painful, painful memory. But th- what what has happened since is nothing short of miraculous. And I mean, maybe we shouldn't have. Maybe we should have expected this. I mean, not to this scale, obviously, but definitely not to the we're going to crawl, you know, we're going to crawl into a hole and die. That's not what, you know, this is not what they do. They didn't do this last year when, you know, Florida International dropped, you know, beat beat them by 47 in the Wolstein Center in front of a crowd, I might add. Remember when fans used to come to games? Yeah, long ago. I remember when fans didn't used to be cardboard cutouts. And by the way, that is going to be something that's going to be going on through for the rest of the season, as the Horizon League has has basically announced that for the remainder of the season there will be no fans. So no fans. At, sorry, I, I know that there were I know that there were schools that were looking to have at least a handful of fans in the stands um, for the remainder of the season. According uh, per the Horizon League, that is not happening. Good so, call, Horizon League. 
So yeah, we'll be so so more more cardboard cutouts. Although I'm a little disappointed that I'm not seeing cardboard cutouts of you anywhere around the Horizon League. Your brother is slacking. I mean, you think you're disappointed. Imagine my disappointment when I watch these games and I don't see myself. <laughs> Man has time to superimpose you on the on the on the animated gifs, but he doesn't have time to like shell out a couple bucks to put a cutout of you in front in the nutter setter. Come on, Randy. Uh, Bob, Bob, because you're not on Facebook and you're better for that, but that's kind of you know where some of my real life happens. You've actually missed his best work. And not not to get on a Randy superimposing me tangent here, Randy but you've missed his best work. And uh, also the reason I'm glad my brother's not on on any social media. I, I will I will send you the picture later today if I remember of what of what he did. And it's it's just it's the best work yet. It it went with this week's um, unfortunate uh, events in in Washington D.C. Um, but he took a picture from from that and oh Jesus! Uh, it's 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 his best work. It's it's his yeah. He's an artist. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, this ought to be fun. Um. Anyway. Um. You know the the Randy disappointments aside. Uh. I I like the fact that. We are now at, well, we're almost near the halfway point. We're finally getting to a point where we're finally trying to figure, determine, you know, which teams are finally being able to play, actually. Um, For now. But, but again, but there, it's funny. We have this dividing line of these, the teams that have basically been able to play by and large the entire time. In that group is Cleveland State. In that group is Wright State. In that group is Youngstown State. In that group is Purdue Fort Wayne, Green Bay, Oakland. All of these teams have played at least the eight out of the eight have played all four weekends within the conference schedule. So imagine my surprise. And I'm still consistently surprised by the fact that Cleveland State has not lost a game yet. In the conference, eight games. Eight yeah. games. You think you're surprised? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, after I, 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 I hate to belabor the the that thrashing, that historical thrashing, but after that, you think, and again, it's not like, and again, it is not like. Cleveland State is running up against like IUPUI or Detroit Mercy every freaking weekend. No offense to either of those two teams, although we'll talk about IUPUI a little later. They, I mean, two of the teams they've gone up against are are teams that were picked second and third to finish second and third in the conference. Number two being Youngstown State, number three being Northern Kentucky. I mean, Both of those predictions are looking not not good, though. Too, we should say that. I mean, well, your prediction—you were thinking that you know Northern Kentucky was going to finish eleventh, and they damn sure aren't going to finish eleventh. Nope, I, I I admitted already I, that I. And, and that I was, if I'm being realistic, they they had a good shot of winning at least one of those games. They had a shot at winning. They took that game, the second game of that weekend series with Cleveland State in overtime. They had a very good shot of getting of winning that at least splitting the series with them. I guess they that's my. 
that's my thing with Cleveland State right now. And, you know, you can't ignore the record. They're, they're winning. And there's something to be said for winning. But when you watch yeah. the games, you never go, this is a really good basketball team. Like, I've never thought that watching a Cleveland State game. I've thought, well, they did enough to win today. But that's important. Well, that's the thing, though. And that's and it's interesting. I, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, obviously they're not perfect. And if you have that many people in your rotation, that's never going to happen. I, I don't really necessarily foresee that happening because you got way too many guys that you're moving in and out of that, moving in and out of the court to think that. But, I mean, at the same time, you're absolutely right. They do just enough to win. Case in point. Saturday night, where Adrian Nelson disappeared. Adrian Nelson, who is who we've been talking about for like the last two mo- uh, last m- month and a half, about him being, you know, him actually competing with Elijah Goss to be the top rebounder in this conference. Adrian Nelson. He had five rebounds on Saturday, and he had no offensive rebounds. None. Would you like yeah. to know why? Why is that? Because because of Al Eichelberger. That's why. Oh yeah, he's a thing. Yeah, he finally yes. So yeah, so and I know we. Uh, how many times have we? How how many times have we? We talked about how different a dynamic Cleveland State has when Al Eichelberger's in the rotation. It, it, cha- it changes their team. I, I mean, absolutely. obviously, which is which is interesting because Spider Johnson is no slouch himself. I mean, you get him in the game, there's a 50 50 chance you're going to get your 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 shots blocked. Right. So imagine having that one two punch finally for Cleveland State. And and that's he was entire. That was him on the entire second half of that game and nearly the entire second half of the game. Until he and and in overtime until he fouled out, but again, even when he wasn't on this court, there wasn't a drop off because you had Spider Johnson. Spider Johnson, who by the way is the starter uh, at the five, <laughs> so that that's a nice that's a nice quality to have. But beyond all that, there's and I and I brought this up a few times. I know I brought this up at least once post game with uh, Coach Gates is. There's always, while that that dynamic around that the dynamic within the team changes, there's always one constant. That one constant is Tory Patton. And by the way, yeah, uh, during Horizon Game Night last night, um, by the way, Horizon Game Night, HorizonRoundtable.com/slash/game night, uh, we'll be back on on Saturday night, at 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. Yeah, he he's all he's he's officially referred Cleveland to Cleveland State as Tory Patton University. Okay, congratulations, Tory. You have a you have a school named after you now. <laughs> but again, it's that consist. I mean, he it, it's it's that consistency that he brings, that that intensity that he brings specifically, and usually he's got you know he's usually got Trey Go Million right next to him doing the same thing. And it's that, in, but he's been the most, he's easily been the most consistent guy on that team. I think last night um, during the broadcast, uh, Al Pulaski mentioned that, you know, usually when he's within that, he's usually good for at least between 12 to 19 points a game. I mean, these aren't like, you know, these aren't earth shattering numbers and we'll give get it, you know, these aren't, 
These aren't what, you know, Jared Godfrey did the UIC on Saturday night numbers or anything like that. This, you know, but they're, they're, they're consistent. And, and, and that's, and that's the thing. They are consistent. And, you know, you got to give credit to Gates because they only give the illusion that they're erratic. (laughs) I mean, none of those guys, if you, if you ask even a, a, some, a, you know, not even just a, a normal fan, but someone like, you know, even within our group, you know, who are the leading players at Cleveland State? I wouldn't have told you Trey Gomillion and Tory Patton. Like, th- those aren't going to come. Like, th- they're not people that come to mind. They're not, they're not your superstars. But the reality is Cleveland State's kind of winning despite not having anyone be a superstar. And maybe that's why. And that that's a lot to put on a coach. That's great coaching to just yeah. have an ensemble, an ensemble, you know, team like that. Pull it together the way they are. Yeah. Like, that's. That's that's a hundred percent a team buying into their coach and a coach giving them the game plan that works because they are not relying. I mean, Demoy Hodge has gone off for what one one game where you're like, wow, that was yeah. incredible. He, but otherwise, and he didn't. And he incidentally didn't play most of the second half because he hurt his hand. Yeah. On, so on Saturday. So so they're not they're not winning with a superstar. You know, you can name a superstar and pretty much any other team. Those guys are like, yeah, that's going to be your you know first or second team all league kind of guy, whatever. I, I don't know that Cleveland State has one in a in a good way because they're just all kind of doing their part. They're staying in their lane, doing their job, and and winning. I think that's kind of the other issue too, because that kind of ma- because they don't have that one guy to pinpoint. That kind of makes it hard for other teams to game plan for it, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now you're like, okay, well, L. Eichelberger's been out, so I guess I don't have to worry about him. But then you're like, but wait, he's back and he's still L. Eichelberger, so we need to plan for that or. Demoy Hodge, you know, when he wasn't hurt for a moment, like, okay, he's capable. So you're kind of watching that, but you're, you're like, what do you, what do you focus in on? And I yeah, don't, I don't exactly. know. You, you don't know. Because, and yeah, that, yeah, because you know, within five minutes of the game, Dennis Gates might turn around and say, "All right, you know what, um, Tory Patton, you're going to get a break. Come on in, I'll, uh, you know, Alec Oglesby, and Jason Woodrich, you know." Yeah, we're we're gonna throw them at you, and you know nobody's got any tape on you. <laughs> well, and you know what? Again, I just I'm a big Dennis Gates fan, and I have been, and I've said that. And it it goes a long way when you look at you know the minute distribution and go, oh wow, his team on the second day of a back to back is still playing really well because those guys aren't exhausted. Hmm, I wonder yeah. why those guys at Oakland that are playing 40 minutes a game two day or on a back to back day are quitting in the second half. They're exhausted. You know, like that's just better yeah. coaching. That's a coach that gets it and. Man, I would kill for one of those right now. Yeah, and yeah, and again, he's only in you know this, he's only half, not even halfway through the second, you know, his second you know season as an actual head coach. So, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he has to you know bring to the table moving forward. I'm assuming there's a moving forward, and you know, I'm Enjoy I dread the day. I dread that I dread, uh, while I I do dread the day that. That the inevitable, you know, move up to the, but the, he's not the only, obviously he's not the only one that's going to happen to. I, I do think that there are some other young coaches in this conference who are going to eventually make the move up. Not just young coaches looking at you, Scott Nagy, <laughs> but so others as well. Uh, just see, so I just looked. Cleveland State has nine players averaging double double digit minutes per game. Yep. That's incredible. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. No one's no one else can I, I, I haven't looked, but there's no way anyone else would even come close to that. And that's And I'm actually surprised that uh, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's I think I'm surprised that number's that low. 
I would think it would be at least 10 or 11 guys who are at least are averaging double-digit minutes. But that's that's how – and, again, this is what I alluded to in the preseason, that they had all these guys, and the, the only issue that they were going to have is how are they going to put them together. And I think that was the big issue they had in the non-conference where they were trying to get it together. And that's why that – you know, that Ohio game was so awful because no matter what they tried to do, nothing worked. And then, of course, they turn around and, you know, only lose to – they turn around and, you know, give Ohio State a run for their money. So it's – and I think that's – looking at those two dynamics, the, you know, the, the thrashing by Ohio and then that really – Again, last minute kind of close contest between against Ohio State, who was ranked at the time. I don't know if they are anymore, mm-hmm. but those two dynamics tells me that this is a this is a team that really. I mean, they have a short memory. Obviously, it seems like they it looks to me that they have a very short memory. They just reset, move on to the next game. Otherwise, that Ohio State game is would be would have looked way more gruesome. <laughs> And then okay, I, got, I got I got to correct myself because otherwise I'll I'll get a, someone will listen to this and then they'll, I'll get a bunch of tweets about how I'm an idiot and I am an idiot but I don't want it to be called on the the I'm I'm looking at a bunch of teams double digit minutes it's actually yeah. not it's not Cleveland State isn't as far ahead as we would have would have expected as far as oh, number of players and double digit minutes yeah. but I just I just want to get that clear you know I I still think what they're doing is impressive but it's not as I'm looking at it as we're talking here it's not as as, as big a difference between other teams as I would have expected. So I retract that statement. Don't, you don't have to tweet me about how I'm an idiot about that. Find something better. Yes. Like for example, um, I'm sure there are many things. Um, I can't yeah. remember what now. Um, <laughs> you ready to talk more about NKU? I mean, we could find a host at IUPUI. You're absolutely right. I also like to, po- by the way, I, I would, I, I would also like to point out the fact that even, um, I, I hate to also belabor this point, but I'm also very thankful that we have Alec Quake covering this team because literally nobody else in Cleveland wants to, even if they know. <laughs> well, you know what? In that regard, I hope that Cleveland State continues this because we're the only ones covering them and in the middle of everything. And when they continue on this run and keep looking better and better, we're right where we want to be. Cool. Good for us. For sure. our um, yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. Uh, and by the way, um, hey, yeah, Alex team report will be in, you know, either Monday or Tuesday this week, as all of them are, with the exception of uh, who is it? IUPUI and Green Bay. <laughs> you're not getting an Oakland one this week. There's nothing to recap. They sucked. They're not. Yeah, you're not. OK. Oh, well, I'm, you, I'm not yeah, right. I'm I guessing, might write a story you're going to write two, two words. They suck. Post. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I might write a, a. What is going on over story. there? I mean, seriously. I mean, I, yes, uh, the the Saturday game was just kind of equal parts, yeah, equal parts of Mari Davis and and Josh Jefferson, who's back in the lineup, by the way. And the, Green Bay is a way better team with with Josh Jefferson in the lineup, way better. It it was like just a dynamic of Josh Jefferson and Amari Davis going off, and then. Rashad Williams and Jalen Moore kind of disappearing into the uh, into the brush. No, um, you know what? I, not to take anything away from Green Bay, but especially that first game, that had nothing to do with Green Bay. They they merely stuck around long enough and waited for Oakland to kill themselves. They made so many stupid mistakes down down the stretch in that first game. For how good Jalen Moore was in that game, and he was so good. He had 
two or three just absolutely what are you doing moments with the game on the line. And then you get Kevin Kangu, their only senior, get the ball. They're up, I think, three or four at the time and continue to go in for a fast break layup with, with under a minute instead of pulling back. It was a one on one layup. He ended up getting it blocked, pulled back, run some clock down. Like that, you are a senior. You've been playing basketball. You're probably 20, 21, 22 years old. You've been playing, I'm going to say, 15 years comfortably watching and, and learning this game. How do you not know that? Like, that is just stupid. There's no better words for it. That was stupid. They Oakland is, blew that first game. Green what, Bay didn't win it. Oakland lost it. And that's fine. But let's just well, call they, it a spade. Well, let's, let's be realistic. They, you know, using that logic, they clearly did. If they blew that game on Friday, they clearly blew the game on Saturday, too. Because they were up by 12 points. Not only they did were they on their it, way. They were on their way. And not only did then, they blow the second game, they quit on themselves, on their coach, on their team. And that's from Campy. Like, that's not me as dumb fans saying, wow, it looks like this team quit. Because I'm not in the middle. The coach looked in a camera after the game and said, this team quit. Yeah. When you have a when you have a donor spending probably $30,000 out of their pocket to fly the team, to give them a better advantage, they deserve better than to have a team quit on the second day of a back or a back to back. Like there's no excuse for that. People care about this team and I don't know why. I don't know why I do. I don't know why this donor did. I don't know why anyone does. Cuz if they're going to quit on themselves, their scholarship, their everything, why should anyone else care? That was just embarrassing. Campy said, you know, after you know, I, I hate to keep saying Campy said, but these these are better things from him than from me. He said after the right state loss, a lot of us, myself included, were like, wow, that was embarrassing, you know, losing by 40-some. He said, I wasn't embarrassed. My, my team got beat. You know, we had a lot to do. This game, the second game of Green Bay, I'm embarrassed. That There's no excuse for a Div 1 team to do what they did on a the floor. They didn't get beat. They quit. And that that's just disgusting. Do better. Do better or don't play. Like, how? How, how do you do that? And the, the team doesn't seem to trust each other. There's clearly some chemistry issues. Um, I've wondered about between Moore and, and Rashad a little bit, but it, it's it's just kind of all over. It's just a lot of hero ball. It looks kind of like a bad AAU team at times. They don't have the ability to run a play. They're they're just not smart enough right now. And you know, Campy said he drew up a play. They didn't even come close to it. Coming out of a time out of timeout, they had three seconds left at the uh, end of the first half in that second game. He he drew up a play that he's used a, a couple other times. Knew exactly what he wanted to do. He, they've run it a few times. He drew it up for them in the, in the timeout. They knew what they were going to do. They didn't even come close to it, he said. Like, you you are, at a minimum, 18 years old or older, you are on a Division One scholarship. How do you not know how to follow a basic play? Hey, you go here. You do this. This person does that. Like, this is... This is elementary stuff, and I don't think there's any excuse for a Division One college basketball player to not be able to follow something that simple, something they've worked on. Like, if one of my students in music can't follow that, they don't play. They're not part of this. It's sim- It's You have to get better. And at some point, there's an expectation, and, and Oakland's not meeting it. They, they got to do some soul-searching this week, or they're going to get run out of, out of the gym against YSU this weekend. Well, there you go. And I don't understand. It's like this is the same team that upset Wright State. They they upset Wright State on the back. I, yeah, that's, I mean, people, sorry. You know? that, that's, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around the fact that this is the same team that pulled out a win against Wright State. And, yeah, a, a 
I don't know. I'm I'm a little dumbfounded by that. Call me crazy, but I am. So I, you're not crazy. I mean, at the same time, you know, the right state game came down to Jalen Moore doing a whole lot and, Rash- and Rashad showing up. You know, like they they put the pieces together for enough hero ball to to, to do it. Well, that's not going to win you a lot of games, and and people are figuring it out. How how to defend this team? You know, make make Jalen Moore finish at the rim. Don't follow him. You know, things like that. And if Rashad's not, you know, Rashad's a streaky-ass shooter. And he's really yeah. good, but he's a streaky-ass shooter. And if he's not on, he just continues to chuck and chuck and chuck. And that's what you want from a shooter. But at some point, it starts to lose you a game. When he, he's not but bringing that's kind of what, That was kind of what happened last year, too. So, yeah, I mean, that's who he is. It, and that's fine. It, but yeah, he's, it, this team is just, it, it, it feels broken right now. And it's on coaches and, and team the team itself to fix. I mean, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm gonna, moving on. I wanted to, and obviously, it, you got to wonder at what point in time this is all going to be over. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Anyway, that's um, a podcast in itself. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, anyway, so I'm a little surprised by the fact that Wright State is, you know, has lost. I, I knew Wright State was not going to run the table this year. Nobody does that in the Horizon League, like, nearly ever but back unless to you're back. butler or anyway yeah though so, yeah wright state actually lost again and and i guess with wright state i think the issue i don't know what happened during the oakland game no idea what happened there i know exactly what happened with the with 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 the youngstown state game because i i've been saying this for a while that youngstown state does have the capability of taking it to Wright State. When Nas Bohannon is on, Wright State's in trouble. I don't care if either, if both, I don't care if both Grant Basile and Loudon Love are on the on the floor at the same time. Yeah. If, if Nas Bohannon is on, you're not stopping him. And that's exactly what happened on, set, on Friday. Nas Bohannon could not be stopped, and they were able to win that game. And he and and he won it not only with his scoring, but you know that winning that that winning bucket where Garrett Covington was apparently was able to you know I don't know maybe you know bl- you know temporarily temporarily blind Grandpa Silly with like a mirror or something coming off, uh, coming off the sun or something. <laughs> well, you know, as an Oakland person, that that play gives me nightmares. Yeah. Because that, that is, it looked exactly like the play that beat Oakland, uh, where Isaiah Brock just decided to go defend someone he shouldn't have, and they dumped it down low and, and scored on a game winner. Like it, it was that. Everybody totally lost. Yeah, everybody totally lost track of Garrett Covington. Nas Bohannon, and by the way, I mean Nas Bohannon had love, and love in his face too, so that wasn't exactly an easy pass, but he was able to make it, and you know Covington was able to get dunk, you know. You know, lay it up for that for the win. It made it look it looked a lot easier. It, he, they made it look a lot easier than it actually probably was. But yeah, well, that was. And but that was that was a good that was that game, especially on national television, was an outstanding back and forth. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it was it was it was exactly what you expected from the preseason one and two teams. That's exactly what you expected. And, from- and then of course. It, and of course, the next day, Wright State turns around. And it's like you know we're not putting up with this anymore, and just beat them by you know beat the brakes off of them. Well, and for YSU to do what they did without uh, Darius Quisenberry too is 
pretty impressive. I mean, that's that's a that's a big part of that. And you have to imagine that that last play, that ball would have been in Quisenberry's hands at that point. So, you know, that's an interesting. Now, little, at, at, uh, at a certain point, that's going to be pretty. Uh, now, here's the thing with here's the thing with YSU though. I mean, they basically. It near by and large, it looks like they've kind of gotten. I I wonder at what point in time how concerned they have to be without uh, not having Quisenberry for an extended period of time. Is this an extended injury? Do we know what's going on? Is it COVID related? I, I don't. I don't remember what it is. I think it might have been. I want to say it was an ankle, but I could be wrong. But the issue is the. What's concerning is the fact that you have. And, and maybe the good news for Youngstown State, well, not next week as they play Oakland. It's great news for anyone right now. Great news for Nosbo Hannon again. I mean, nothing not to take away from Daniel Ladapo, but I say everyone, especially when people are talking rebounders, people aren't realizing Daniel Ladapo is leading the league in total rebounds. Like he is. Dude's putting up numbers. Like he doesn't get credit because there's so many other issues and. I know, and that, that's not. Do, do I know the, it's not. Man. Well, yeah, it's not fair. But remember, last year Elijah Goss had the same problem. Right. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to go to bat for him necessarily. I'm just reminding everyone that he's putting up some big numbers down there. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to go up against Nuaz Bohannon, who's probably going to do the same thing to him. And then, what well, the other thing? Yeah. So, where what is what is Youngstown State's level of concern without Darius Quisenberry moving forward? I guess is the question because it affects it not only it affects their productivity, obviously because he is you know he is their top guy mm-hmm. besides Nazo Bohannon. Who, by the way, uh, I know we've had a discussion about this. Nazo Bohannon is probably a easily a first teamer this year. I don't even know anymore. There were so many people who were like, uh, you know, he was, you know, Nas Bohannon is kind of on the cusp of, you know, having those top all conference, all horizon league accolades. Yeah. He's there now that he, he is officially there, but the concern that I would have with Youngstown state is, you know, how much, how much this is going to linger moving forward because they haven't, you know, because they, it, it, you know, Oakland, is next week. The week after is UIC, who has their own set of problems. And then moving forward, you know, they still have to play. Uh, I mean, if I'm being honest, the the hard part of Youngstown State's schedule is by and large over, with the exception, I think, of the February 5th and 6th games against right uh, against Robert Morris, where I'm totally looking forward to the AJ Brahma Nas Bohannon matchup. Totally looking forward to that. I think they just need but, to play that one on one, just on TV, still everything. Just pretend I'm it's down with that. Hand them the I am, you know what? Well, and, and considering that Robert Morris just went through, you know, how many, you know, they had like three players that were out. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I'd be, I'd sign on, you know. You're you good know, with make, it. <laughs> keeping it up. I, AJ Brahma, Naswell Hannon, one on one. They can play Seven half court. It's fine. February 5th and 6th. I'm totally good with that. That would be an absolute. I would. There you go. Absolutely, I would love that. That would be great. Because those are, yeah, not to take again, not to take away from all the other guys that they have around them, but those are the two guys I absolutely want to see. Right. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, the the bigger issue is yeah, and I I, I alluded to I, I I alluded to Milwaukee at the top of the uh, top of the 
podcast, and I can't take away the fact that they've actually they are actually at the you know they're currently listed second they're currently second in the standings. Um, I just wonder about when the other shoe's going to drop with them. <laughs> um, the the game that they lost to a very shorthanded Robert Morris was a little troubling. But then they turn around and, you know, kind of beat IUPUI pretty handily. So, I, I I know that, you know, we've had this conversation about if it's too early to make it, you know, make an assessment on a team. Milwaukee, I think it's a little too early because they, have only, they haven't played their full complement of games. Whereas, say, a, you know, a Wright State or a Cleveland State or, you know, a, a, an Oakland have. I think there are still some things that we have not yet seen out of Milwaukee, and we may see even more out of Milwaukee because Jordan Lathan is finally going to be on the, is finally going to be a part of this team soon. Okay. Finally, that's the thing. So that gives them an, that actually gives them another option, which is good because they're going up against Purdue Fort Wayne next weekend, and they're going to need all the help they can get because Purdue Fort Wayne. I continue to say, you know, in spite of their record, I could which actually isn't too bad right now, they do have the fire. They're, they're better than, they're definitely better than, just like just like Green Bay, they're better than a bottom-tier team. They have they have the talent that's better, I believe that's better than a bottom-tier team, especially Jared Godfrey. <laughs> I think John Kaufman, I think John Kaufman has finally found a group of guys that, because you know, I, I guess a year before before he got they got to the Horizon League, they, he finally found a group of guys where, yeah, he there are <laughs> that kind of buy into you know that three point heavy type of you know dynamic that the John uh, John Kaufman led Purdue Fort Wayne teams were kind of famous for, and I think they're finally growing into that now. Yeah, they're four, yes, they're three and five at the moment in the conference, but it seems like, but it it looks like they are they're, they're getting a little better. And when you got a guy like Jared Godfrey running, the, you know, you know, who's able to produce pretty regularly for them, that's going to be an interesting dynamic, especially when you put him up against the T. John Lucas. I'm actually looking forward to that one. I mean, I, wa- I I have to admit, I have not had a chance to watch enough Purdue Fort Wayne this year. It never seems to work out. There's either another game or something's happening in life. So I, I, I can't pretend to, to speak well about Purdue Fort Wayne outside of a box score. So I'm going to trust you on that. I can say I'm not, I don't usually look forward to anything Milwaukee because I, for some reason, uh-huh. I've, watched, I've watched a lot of their games. It's always worked out for whatever reason. And I always mm-hmm. wonder, why am I watching this? It's just not entertaining basketball. It's... It, it's, I mean, especially, gosh, this weekend. Oof. Dumb and IUPUI. That was just, it was just awful. And I watched both games because they were on at like nine in the morning or whatever. Ridiculous. <laughs> and it's just, it's awful. So, um, Milwaukee doesn't excite me. I mean, they're doing their thing. I'm not, I'm not ragging on them, but it's not fun to watch. So I, I can't tell you I'm excited to watch a Milwaukee Fort Wayne battle right now, but I do want to watch more Fort Wayne in general because I, I, I want to see what they're, what they're doing better with my own eyes. I mean, the numbers are, are definitely interesting. The shooting is better. The ball handling, not so much. I think that's their biggest issue at this point is the ball handling. It, it's still pretty, it, it's still, uh, it's still a major work in progress for them. Sure. So, 
but yeah, I mean, they have they have quite a few they have quite a few shooters on that Purdue Fort Wayne team. They've got obviously they got Godfrey. They've got um, oh man, they've got uh, they've got Deontay Billups who's pretty good. They got Demetri Corton's pretty good. They've got Bobby Planudis who inexplicably is like my favorite guy on that team. I don't know why. You, you, you got to have one of those on every team. It's fine. A, a guy you can't explain why you like his game, but somehow you like his game. That's Bobby Planudis in a in a nutshell for me. I, I, don't, I mean, you know, you it, know. It, it is inexplicable, but I'm going to run with it. <laughs> Just because it hasn't come up. You know who everybody on the Horizon Roundtable's favorite person on Cleveland State is. Oh, uh, that's going to be – oh, Michi Terry. Yeah, absolutely. Ballhead. I mean, come on, man. And, and I, I, I keep – it's so interesting because he kind of leaned into that because, you know, obviously I'm not on Instagram. Dude has 127,000 Instagram followers. He's popular. He is super popular, which is funny. Yeah, so, like, I mean, sign me, sign me up for the merch. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if there was fans, not, not, Cleveland State never has fans anyway. But let's pretend you guys actually had a real student <laughs> section. If they aren't showing up in bald caps, I would be really yeah. disappointed. I know. Really disappointed. Yeah, and he, it's not like he's just, you know, and it's not, and it's absolutely not like he's there for show. He was in the game yesterday playing, defending to make sure that, you know, Marcus, Marquez Warwick doesn't go, didn't go off again. Because Marcos Warwick had himself hell of a game, and they, you know, they turned around and was like, you know what, means you get in there. <laughs> we need some help on this. Um, yeah, it's like a superhero. He, like, oh no, we need defense. Quick, call on bald man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, ask ask Lamelo Ball how that works. Yeah. Ask Lavar how that works. How does how do the balls keep ending up on our podcast? I would like to not None ask of them they have like a grand total of like one year of college under them with Leangelo going to UCLA. And I think we've mentioned the balls multiple times on this podcast. And I don't know, this, but this one was fire thing. Usually that's how it comes around. We, well, we had, well, Kyle Craven did his, um, did a match, uh, did a video, YouTube videos via Norse report um, with Alec. Uh, earlier in the week, and he didn't realize that that was the same guy, because it was a video that you know. There's a the YouTube video of you know Michi going after, you know, going after Lame- defending Lamelo, and you know John with Lavar. That the one that went viral on on YouTube, you know, he didn't realize that was the same guy who's playing for Cleveland State right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah. So yes, um, yeah, yeah. Um, the the Horizon Roundtable staff is absolutely, you know, not to fanboy out too much, but yeah, we're we're definitely fans of Beachy. Bob, real quick, real quick. We are like, members of Baldhead Nation. <laughs> how good does it feel to say the Horizon Roundtable staff? Like you have a staff. Things are happening. Yeah, staff would require you know staff would require us to pay people though. I mean, well. It's a voluntary staff, but a staff nonetheless. It's like it's like uh, we, we volunteer. We're a volunteer staff. That yeah. And by the way, fans, if you've gotten this far, Patreon.com/slash Horizon Roundtable. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> but yeah, we have people, and we we talk constantly basketball. And Michi yeah. Terry comes up. Michi comes up way too often. Michi Terry. Not all. You know what? 
Not often enough, all right? Okay. All right, fine. I accept that. Often enough. Um, uh, so the... I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention... I'd be remiss... I know we mentioned uh, UIC... Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention UIC. UIC has... They did not have a good weekend. And honestly, it's not entirely their fault because they have four guys who've been who are out who were out this weekend, like nearly their Poor entire backcourt. Yeah, their entire backcourt was out. You know, they know Zion Griffin. Tavian Kirk was it, basically. Tavian, I mean, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure Luke Yaklich had, had, you know, wasn't exactly, didn't think that, you know, Griffin was going to get extended playing time at least this early in the season. So, yeah. It, I mean, they, they took, yeah, they... But you could t- obviously you could tell the toll it took because they took Purdue Fort Wayne in overtime in the first game and then the second game they just ran out of gas. They just didn't have anything left, and that is to be expected when you don't have a Braylon Bridges, a Maurice Commander, a Zion Griffin, a Raquandis Mitchell. I mean that's a huge chunk of not only a huge chunk of your team, but key components of that team. So yeah, that was. We we hope to hopefully things kind of work out a little better because next next week they've got Robert Morris and Robert Morris who incidentally has similar issues. Um, hopefully those two teams have their full squads back next weekend because they're going to need them. Otherwise, it's going to be. I mean, you 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 really hope that you know these guys are okay and, and they're being they're I, I get their well being is obviously the biggest priority here. You know. Regardless of whether they play or not, are they okay? Because we've seen the we've seen the negative effects of that in on on live television. I might add, we don't want to, you know, yeah, we want to see these guys play, sure, but are they okay? <laughs> yeah, that's actually the prior. That's a higher priority. I know we talk about the, you know, we talk about the games and all that, you know, the games and the players and everything, but. You know, this is some serious stuff we're talking about right now. There are some, there could be some serious long-term ramifications associated with these things. I think we got to start thinking about that. And I know we get it gets lost, and I know it gets lost. We we get lost in it a lot because we're we're so wrapped up in you know paying attention to the games that we we sometimes you know lose sight of the fact that these are college kids who who in some cases are p- exposed to a potentially dangerous disease. So yeah, I'm going to give, I'm going to give some, you know, I'm going to give some guys a lot of slack here. Yeah. I mean, cause we, you know, because it is, cause you can, you have to be, you know, we, we consistently have to be mindful of that. Well, and I think it's important just to say too, like, you know, yeah, we're sitting here breaking down the games. We're talking, you know, I can't believe he made that play. What an idiot, blah, blah, and all that. But that's all because we played the game. I would, I have said, and I'll say it again, I wish we weren't playing games right now, and that pains me, but I don't think it's the right choice, but it's the choice we're making, so we're going to do our thing and, and talk about these games and, and the decisions, but there, there's always going to be something bigger to all this, and it is important to keep that in, in context. Exactly. Exactly. You know, we talk about, you know, we talk about what we produce content wise, but at the same, at the same time, we're in the back of our mind. We're like, yeah, you know, 
<laughs> there a lot of instances where everybody's playing with fire. We can't, you know, we, we can't lose sight of that. Yep. We absolutely can't. And I, I do, you know, I, I, I hope that at the end, I hope that when, once we get to the end of the road and there is an end of the road, that it's in Indianapolis. Every, yeah, the end of the road isn't in Indianapolis. At the end of the road, I hope that we do have an end of the road, and that end of the road involves you in a bubble. Man, I hope <laughs> Matt so. Dudek, bubble boy. Hold I, I will. I will bubble in a bubble if I have to. Like, I, and I will chew bubble gum if I have to. Whatever. Like. <laughs> We're still holding out for that, and you know, but yeah. But but the player, uh, you know, the players, the staff, the coaching, the coaches, their well-being should is, is is you know we need to be we we should always be mindful of that. Um, we're happy we're, we appreciate you know the games that are being played, but we further we we further appreciate the well-being. We want to appreciate the well-being uh, of everybody involved in these games. From the players to the coaches to even the officials who we gripe about from time to time. No, you know what? No, no I'm just kidding. Yes, even the officials. I mean, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of people working, uh, working. You know, there there's still a lot of people working these games, and you know, they're they're potentially, you know, they're the ones who putting together these, you know, putting together all these these strict protocols and. Whether they're uniform or not is a whole other discussion for a whole other day, but. That they're you know putting together these things, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I can tell you, you know, just because I've I've been able to be inside one of the you know, and I was in the yeah. arena two weeks ago now. Like just the amount of work that you can't see on, you know, ESPN Plus is is incredible. You know, the amount of just Absolutely. the logistics to all of it and the the work people are putting in and yeah, it's 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 taxing on everybody. I'm sure. And I believe that there, there is. Thankfully, it looks like there is a light at the end of this tunnel. So, no. Bob, how do we, how do we get down this road? What, what just happened? It got dark again. That's serious. That's why I put that. There's a light at the end of this tunnel. At the end of this, we went from bald head to like talking COVID again. Like, well, that's it. welcome to the world in the year of our Lord, 2021. Ugh, COVID. But yeah, thank you everybody who does good things to make this still happen. And because it happens, we're, we get to talk and dissect things that are really just kids playing games. Basically, yep. So Nothing. with that said, we're gonna we're gonna have to close we're gonna have to close out this podcast. So uh, again, horizonaroundtable.com. The 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 content that we are thankful to be able to produce is all there. Um, wherever you find podcasts, be sure to subscribe. Um, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices as well. So, uh, tune in next week and thank you all for listening.